Welcome, welcome to Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where we interview an artist every time, and today is no different than that. Today, my special guest is Susan Epperly. Welcome, Susan. Hi, Shahar. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here with you. Uh, where are you located right now? Um, I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm in my oh, studio. Good. Texas. Well, I know mm -hmm. Austin is a very artsy kind of town, right? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, it is. It's a great, it's a great scene for uh, art and live music and all kinds of creativity. So it's a really inspiring place. We've been here for about 15 years and nice. it's been a great community to be a nice. part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some yeah. friends living there and one of my mm -hmm. favorite wool shops is actually in Austin. So it's okay. very cool. Susan, yeah. before we start talking about you and how you started creating these jackets, I would like to show them a couple pictures of your jackets so sure. they get a feel for your style. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And cool. when you see the picture, you are welcome to tell me what inspired you to okay. make that jacket. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's so see, let's see the first there. one. Ooh. Okay. So that one, um, that was actually a commission. Um, it uh, was a a pleather jacket, um, and I was actually commissioned to create that for the actress who starred in the 1979 James Bond film, uh, Moonraker. Oh, and cool. this was a birthday gift for her. So uh, that was a really fun one. And uh, I worked from the, uh, my source material was the promotional materials and posters for the movie. And um, I kind of tried to portray her as that brainy, bold, sexy Bond girl that she was <laughs> in that movie. Nice. And uh, then that, the name of the character was Holly Goodhead. So that's why we put that across the top of the jacket. That's um, very cool. So that was a really fun one. And that was uh, presented to her uh, just a couple weeks ago, actually, as a birthday present. So, oh, so it's uh, a very recent one. Yeah, that was a real recent one. I just um, It took a long time. That one took a long time because I was creating a likeness. Uh, of course, I wanted it to look like her. And of course, when we're doing portraiture and we're trying to create a likeness, it's a lot more difficult than just creating a character up out of our head. So um, it took me a long time, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. And uh, really cool. she was real, she's real pleased with it, so. Let's see another one. Okay, so that one. Um, I, so you see what I do, what I like to do, the whole project that I, that I um, am working on these days is about upcycling garments uh -huh. and repurposing um, pieces that are either closet cast, cast offs or donated to me, or I find them at the thrift store. And this piece, um, you can see the turquoise, um, uh, emblem at the top and that shape at the bottom. So I actually had found a t-shirt at a thrift store that had this beautiful embroidery around the yoke mm. of the t-shirt. It was a v-neck. So I cut that out and I created um, iron-on appliques basically with huh. that uh, piece from around the neck. And then that emblem up at the top was on the back of the t-shirt. So I cut that off and put it there. Um, and then the rest is hand painted and hand stitched. Um, so yeah, I'm the, the class that I'm working on for you guys is going to go into this a lot. But what's really fun for me is to look at garments when I'm thrift store shopping or um, looking in my own closet or looking through bags of cast offs <laughs> for my friends and just looking at garments in a way that um, use them as raw materials and with uh -huh. the potential to be completely reimagined and kind of Frankenstein together into this all new thing. And it's really, it's really fun. Um, so that yeah. piece, yeah, was more about, um, you know, combining several different articles of clothing because the butterflies are also taken from a nut, yet another garment. So it's fun for me at the end of one of these projects um, to basically think, okay, how many garments went into this creation? And in this case, it was at least you know, the jacket itself, the turquoise t-shirt, the butterflies came from another thing. The eye there in the center is actually painted. Mm -hmm. um, and then the front has some embellishment as well. But yeah, it's 
that's um, that's quite an amalgamation of several yeah. garments. So. Well, you know, that's one of the things that really attracts me to this, uh, to your style, is exactly mm -hmm. this, that you're able to see another piece of garment, reimagine mm -hmm. that together with one, which for me looks like, oh, this is a very interesting journey because I have the tendency, Absolutely. when I go to thrift shops, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk more about this in a second, but okay. uh, yeah. I see the whatever the PC is, and it's hard for me to reimagine that transform into something right. else. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. But before that, mm -hmm. I want to welcome, we have some countries right now here with us that we know of. We have US, USA, UK, Canada, Kazakhstan, and Australia Yay. watching. So oh, thank wow. you. Really yeah. And a, and a few comments, Barbara Feltz. I like that so pretty. Missy oh, saying, good. good morning. I love the jacket you're wearing in the photo. And, and Cheryl is saying, how cool, I have a reddish cordovan colored leather coat that was in a bag of cast off clothes. I would Me? love to do something to it. Looking forward Yay. to seeing more of the, what she does. Oh, awesome yeah. Art. I yeah. love inspiring people to salvage <laughs> what they've got on hand and nice. to turn it into something incredible. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Now, Susan, before we talk about the process in itself, tell me a little bit about your journey with arts. How did it get started and why uh, recycle pieces? Right. Well, I mean, I've been, really, I've been an artist at heart all my life. And um, I started out actually as an art major in school. Uh -huh. And funnily enough, uh, when I was in college and I started out as an art major, I started has, having some vision problems and some health issues with my vision. And I started to think, you know, I don't know that I can commit to a career in art if I'm going to have problems with my vision, right? The, how smart would that be? So I actually changed my major to social science and I have a social science degree. And um, what did I do with that? Well, I went and taught English all over the world. And then um, I wound up becoming a massage therapist. And that was really because my vision continued to deteriorate. I had another little episode and I thought, wow, well, I better get a skill under my belt that I can do even if I can't see. So mm -hmm. that's what uh, prompted me to go into um, massage therapy, which I've been doing for 15 years now. Um, and now, ironically enough, it's kind of another health crisis that is prompting me to reinvent again, mm -hmm. because of course we've got, you know, the virus going on and I, uh, the state has um, required massage therapists to close down. So I can't be practicing massage right now. Mm -hmm. So um, I've decided to re, uh, re enter the artistic world and, uh, you know, kind of pull that out as my plan B. Um, but, it, you know, my, my art has always been a part of my life and everything that I've done. It's informed everything I've done. When I was teaching English, I used my art to create handouts and worksheets and bulletin board displays and things like that. Uh, throughout my massage therapy career, I've done, uh, I did a cartoon for one of the national massage magazines, which was okay. fun. Um, I've incorporated you know, my art and creativity into the marketing of my massage. So it's, for me, art is just, it's in my DNA and it, and it's infused into everything that I do. And I think that most of us who are artistic and crafty, it's, we can't help it, right? It's just, it's always, <laughs> it's always in everything yeah. we do. So, um, so yeah, so recently, you know, when I had to, um, I had to, we're, our massage practice for now is shut down. And so I thought, well, you know, it may be time to turn this hobby into um, something more. And in terms of how I got started with the art jackets, it did just start out as a hobby. Um, and I, I, I guess the, the real motivation to start exploring making them came when uh, my husband and I went to London, maybe about a year, um, just about a year ago. And um, we spent a lot of time during that trip at the Victoria and Albert Museum, uh -huh. which is, a, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a fantastic museum of decorative arts and garments and design and fashion. And just, it's just a wonderland of, of wonderful, fantastic, amazing things. And so 
And of course, on that trip, we also went to the Tower of London. And so I was getting very into um, all of that Tudor history. So that those experiences, I think, kind of melded and prompted me to make what was my first art jacket, which was Anne Boleyn, which you can probably see here. Um, so I created the portrait of her and um, I had picked up this little necklace, which is her iconic uh, kind of the, the piece of jewelry that she was known for for always wearing. It had been a gift to her. Um, so that's that was my first attempt. And I just I thought this is fantastic. This is so fun. And I just there it is. And so I've I've just ran with it. And um, cool. I love I love and, it because. This is the one that you also got a dress, right? To be part of this. Yes, jacket. and I hopefully you guys have a picture of the dress. Um, so you can see that the collar of the, her collar on the portrait and the sleeves of the jacket, those were both from the same piece, which was a dress that I picked up at a thrift store for I think a dollar. And it was a, it was a fun kind of 80s style dress. Uh -huh. Um, that I, when I picked it up, I thought, I just, I love this, um, this trim and this little, this little ruffle that, that, that's going on here, but I don't know if I'm going to wear this dress, but I know I'll do something with it. And this is what it became. Uh -huh. So, uh, and this is an example of how we can look at garments as yes. even if it's not something that we want to wear. Um, if we love the fabric, if there's some feature about it that we think is really endearing, um, we can incorporate that into some other uh, this incarnation. Was, this was one of the first pieces I saw that you created. Yeah. And I, mm -hmm. I remember when I first saw and I saw the ruffles and, mm -hmm. and I was mm -hmm. thinking, how on earth did she find the jacket with that? Right. Yeah. The other right. thing that I think is uh, two things that I like a lot about what you make is that you incorporate objects like you know, right. the necklace and everything. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. you you go out of the boundaries. So for example, mm -hmm. the collar goes right. over. So these are two things yeah. that I think is yeah. make them so so unique. Now it's I think like, it's fun. I just want to go back a little bit and stress the fact that about two months ago, okay, your business was basically shut down. You cannot exactly. work. And and yes. if it nope. happened in your town like it did here, it was yep. A kind of you didn't have time Pretty to plan much or prepare overnight. Yep, overnight, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. And then you had many options on how you would behave seeing this, right? Many of us right. we were just shocked for a while. Other mm -hmm. of us we got depressed, and and right. a lot of us just stood still and keep asking, now what? But exactly. that was exactly the moment that mm -hmm. you decided I'm going to go full force. Into that's right. What that's I right. love that is right. my second love that is the art yeah. field, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was Mobilized. that very scary? Um, you know, it was scary, but it's um I think that uh my husband and I have had a very um adventurous life. And so we've found ourselves in that position a few times. And I think <laughs> that by now we're just kind of conditioned to just uh -huh. go with the flow and just mobilize you know when you see the writing on the wall and you realize that i think um i've joked about how you know sometimes people will say well what can i do what can i do well when i ask that it's not a rhetorical question i'm asking myself what can i do and uh -huh. what will i do and um in this case again you know it was we actually closed our practice um on march 15th preemptively uh -huh. It wasn't until the 20th that our governor said that massage therapists could not practice any longer. So we had kind of seen it. We'd been monitoring the situation and kind of seen the writing on the wall. And, and we right. really just were wanting to protect our clients. We have a lot of clients who are immunocompromised and in fragile states. And so we, we started realizing, you know, we, we can't expose these folks to this possibility. So we went ahead and closed down. It was a really hard decision, but like we, tend to say, um, you know, integrity, is, it can be expensive, but it's right. always priceless. So <laughs> yes, we yes, just, we good. knew it was the right thing to do. And so we did. And then um, we started taking uh, an inventory, basically, of what other skills do we have? What do we know how to do? What are we good at? What do we enjoy? Mm -hmm. um, what do we have um, that's already 
that's already brewing, if you will. Mm -hmm. And this was something that I had been getting more and more interested in, excited about. I was spending more and more time doing it. And my husband is really great with um, all the technical aspects of what this business is going to entail. Uh -huh. And so it's a great, we're a great team. And that's a blessing that not everyone has. I'm really fortunate to have my my secret weapon um, helping me Good. do all of that. But, um, but yeah, it, so yeah, it was scary, but it's like, you know, you can't think of these times as, um, I don't know if you and I had discussed the fact that I'd had breast cancer a couple years ago as well. And that was another scary time where, mm -hmm. um, you know, everything just changes on a dime. Life just changes overnight. But the, one of the lessons that that experience taught me is that you can't think of these rough times as an interruption to your life. This is your life, right? Yeah. So it's not like we can, it's not like we have the luxury of just taking a time out and saying, oh, well, I can't wait for this rough time to be over because then you'd never be living your, your best life. You would just always be waiting for the bad times to pass. So, you know, hopefully we can, we can continue to enjoy and create beauty and appreciate beauty during even rough times like this. So That's very, very wise words. And, you know, like, like you said, you, you've been through challenges uh, mm -hmm. in your life. And I think this is one thing we, we all need to be aware that as bad as this seems to be or this mm -hmm. is, uh, right. it also teaches how to be more resourceful. Absolutely. Every Absolutely. So, I mean, because you have been yeah. through life scares and, and changes, yeah. you know yeah. you can navigate this one way or exactly. another. Exactly. Right? right. And that's one thing that, you know, um, that you always have to look for that silver lining. And these rough times, you know, we've had crises and health crises and, and all sorts of problems that we've dealt with. And and it's rough to get through them, but the silver lining is that when you get to the other side, you can look back and, and feel a, a sense of self-resilience and self-reliance mm -hmm. and say, you know what, if I can get through that, this is nothing. I, I can <laughs> handle this. No sweat, right? Yes. So yes, it, gives totally you, right. it gives you somewhat of a sense of freedom and, uh, and independence. And uh -huh. hopefully, I mean, hopefully that's how we can process our, our hardships and, and, you know, it's mm -hmm. cliche, but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So yeah, it is true. It is true. Right. Laura B is saying, don't know why I didn't think of making iron on appliques from t-shirts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what's fantastic. And it's such a, I know it's such a kind of an epiphany, right? You could uh -huh. go into a thrift store and grab any garment that you like with any, you see a t-shirt graphic, you see a, a fabric or a pattern or just something that appeals to you. It doesn't have to be the entire garment. It's just one little piece of it speaks to you. You can take that home, cut it out, put fusing web on the back, iron that baby onto the back of a jacket or a tote bag or whatever you want to put it on. And look, you just created an entirely new item for yourself. Yes. So, yeah, I love it. <laughs> Let's take a look at some more of your work. Okay. Uh, and while we put the picture, I have a question. Uh, Gina from Scotland, what kind of sewing machine do you use? I don't use a machine. Ooh, <laughs> it just it got is, better. <laughs> it is entirely, the, uh, my pieces are entirely hand-stitched. Okay. I have a sewing machine, but I uh, honestly, my husband bought it for me when I started getting really into this, and I haven't even broken it out of the box. Wow. These are all hand-stitched. So... I mean, uh, you know, you could for sure use a machine, but with the denim and the sculptural aspect or nature okay. of what I'm applying, you would need a super heavy duty, like serger type machine. Okay. Um, so I find that this because is you're, my you're best machine. Because you're adding a lot of layers and, and, and pieces, yeah. right? Okay. Yes, yes, awesome. yes. And awesome. a lot of it is beading. So a lot of it is, you know, hand, hand stitching the beading, uh, I use a lot of fabric glue, uh -huh. so I glue a lot of elements on, and the glue, between glue and straight pins, I can create a very sculptural effect, um, and I can have that dry in the the shape that I want, and then uh -huh. sometimes I'll go back in and reinforce that glued piece with some stitching, because I tend to be a little, um, 
a little obsessive about making sure that uh, whatever I apply is going to really stay there. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really concerned with the quality of these yeah. pieces, so I don't want to just, you know, risk that they may um, get and knocked I, off somehow. I'm going to assume that, of, of course, if I am wearing a jacket and I get into my car, for example, mm -hmm, it's always mm -hmm. in the back. There's going to be a lot of wear and tear. Yeah, yeah. Process, and these right? these pieces are. You know, they're not necessarily everyday wear type pieces. Um, I've made jackets for, um, for, you know, special events for say charity events and the design, the jacket's been designed specifically for that event, almost like a ball gown. Um, and here in Austin, you know, the fashion, a, a black tie event means cowboy boots and whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, so yeah, they're not necessarily pieces that are meant for everyday wear. I've made them for people for events, for like movie premieres or charity balls, if you will. Um, but you know, they're they're more durable than you might imagine because uh -huh. I do concentrate pretty heavily on the quality and the um, durability of the the, the construction. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, you're gonna have there's texture on the back of these, so you know it's not going to be the most comfortable thing to put on and, and hit the road for a road trip. For, right. For a road trip, um, yeah. Right. But you know, it's, they, they have their place and, um, they, they're not also, my jackets are not really designed to be laundered in that they, they can't really go through the washer and the dryer. So they're going to be spot clean only. Um, so hopefully you don't spill a big, you know, full glass of red wine down the front of one. But, you know, like I say, everything can be fixed and we can, we can, uh, we can salvage a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look at some of your work here. So, okay. They can get a better idea. Oh, sure. Okay. Love that. So that's an example of, um, I did that. That's me modeling it, but I did that for, um, a child, a friend, uh, who, uh, whose daughter thought that was pretty great. Um, so the shark portion, this is an example of having turned an old t-shirt into an applique. So that shark was a graphic from a t-shirt and I cut it out and I ap applied it to the denim with the fusing web uh -huh. and that became the main element of the jacket. And then I went ahead and painted that splash around him and put the sequence drops kind of flying out from, from behind him. Um, so that's perfect example you know if your kid has a t-shirt that they've loved and outgrown and it kind of breaks yes. your heart to have to get rid of it you can you can upcycle it reimagine it turn it into something else right. uh, put it on a jacket you know that's going to fit them for a few more years um that's yeah awesome. so i would never say that was a t-shirt at all I right yeah isn't uh -huh. that isn't that great and i found that t-shirt at a thrift store it was a um it was a I, it had originally come from a thrift store, but I thought it was, you know, it had been, uh -huh. it was a great, it was just a great piece that lent itself to, great, um, yeah, that. Let's see another that. one. So, and this is another example of, of using, of seeing materials as, um, seeing everything as raw materials, really, nice. because this is actually a placemat oh. that, isn't that crazy? So <laughs> I had purchased that placemat because I love the graphic. Uh -huh. um, I put it, I ironed it on there with the fusing web to attach it to the jacket. Um, and then the top portion and the bottom portion are actually from a leather belt that I found at a thrift store. Wow. Uh -huh. uh, glued those on and uh, applied the the applique letters, and then I did a lot of hand stitching along the side. That uh -huh. was a really thick, um, almost like a, um, like a, I don't want to say burlap, but it was a really, it was a placemat, so it was a really thick yeah. piece of fabric. And so it took leather. a lot. It uh -huh. took a lot of work to um, to stitch that on, uh, but I wanted to make sure it was secure. And then I went in and I hand painted some of the details. I applied some trim to create her, you can't really see it so much in this picture, but her um, guitar strings are actually 3D um, strands of gold trim. Wow. 
Oh, really? And uh, nice. yes, uh huh, uh huh. And then cool. the sculptural, the flowers are sculptural. The the centers of the sun are another sculptural aspect. So, yeah. So that one, um, again, I started with something that you wouldn't necessarily think of as um, a craft supply, but uh -huh. you, I mean, I see everything as a craft supply. So <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool. So. I have a few comments here. Chris okay. is saying, funny, Susan's career path kind of mimics my own, though oh, I am wow. a lot older. I am also uh -huh. a massage therapist, but I'm probably going to transition this next year into semi-retirement and focusing yeah. more on my art and craft work. That's fantastic. Bree saying, Susan, you are so fortunate you have so many skills. It is a great thing to think about. It's a great thing to think about. Jack Susan, your message about life is a good thing for me to hear today. Good. Gina, thank you. Very inspiring. Jack, I missed the, the very few first minutes. Do you use new jackets or thrift store jackets? I use thrift store jackets awesome. exclusively. So, um, well, oh. I, okay, so I'm fibbing a little bit because I have in the past picked up a few jackets Um Costco had some jackets for a while that I thought were pretty great and they were pretty affordable. So I picked those up to kind of practice on. But to tell you the truth, I usually find my best pieces at thrift stores. Um, and friends have come to start to donate jackets to me as they clean out their closets, which yeah. is fantastic. Uh -huh. um, but I really, you know, part of my uh, my mission with this, if you will, is to to uh, support sustainability. You know, I want for people to reuse what they have. And in this economy now that we're dealing with, uh, I mean, everybody's going to be looking to make the most of what they have and repurpose exactly. and reuse instead of going out and buying brand new. So to be able to re-envision something instead of tossing it aside and starting with yes. another new item, it's, I think is going to become hopefully the default, you know, it's been my default for a long time, but hopefully everybody else is going to catch on too. So, so I know you can say a bit uh, or a lot about fast fashion and slow yeah. fashion, right? Right. Explain to us the difference between the two. So fast fashion is kind of the concept of, I won't name any of the brands specifically, but there are a lot of clothing brands out there that they put out new trends, <clears throat> new styles in this hyper rapid um, schedule. I mean, it's like every they're responding to whatever people are doing on Instagram and they're just trying to keep up with, you know, the quick fashion of the moment. So they will put out these really, you know, cheap quality articles that they expect to be disposable because by next week the, that trend's going to be over, right? Um, so it's very much an unsustainable, um, In it's very insensitive to the environment and to the whole idea of sustainability. And also uh, it, it's problematic because of the, the way that that industry treats garment workers and all of that kind of thing. So Slow fashion is the concept of kind of like we had a while back, uh, we started to see the popularity of the concept of slow food. So instead of fast food, uh, we had slow food emerge, which was, you know, meals and experiences that were much more focused on um, sustainability, you know, the farm to table kind of concept. Um, and respecting artisans who create these amazing foods and in ingredients and combine them in mindful ways and try to reduce waste. And um, so all of those things can translate to the slow fashion uh, movement, if you will. I wouldn't go as far as to say industry yet, but you know, you never know. But the slow fashion movement is more about um, thinking about what we're buying, thinking about where it came from, thinking about how many people had to sacrifice to make that product come to the market. And the amount of pollution that we're exactly, there, the, even with exactly. the banning part, right? Very, Absolutely. very toxic. The yeah. resources that are required to make the product, and not to mention to ship the product 
I, my mind was blown when I started realizing that, you know, the, the material, the raw material, say the cotton that goes into the production of an article of clothing, that may be grown in one country, then it may be shipped to another country to be turned into thread, right? Then that thread is shipped to another country to be woven into fabric. Then the fabric is sent somewhere else to be cut into pattern pieces. Then the pattern pieces are sent somewhere else. I mean, every step of the process, you can go all the way through the process and see that all of these resources are being spent on transporting this raw material and, and, and um, you know, creating it into the garment. And then by the time the garment gets to the rack, um, you know, it, it's always blown my mind that then the garment gets to the rack and, and maybe you're only paying like $19.99 for it. And it's like, how is that possible? How did everybody get their cut of the yeah. process all along the way? Well, you know that the workers who were involved in that process are the ones getting shorted, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, if we start looking at how much, how many resources and, um, like you said, pollution and everything is going into the creation of a garment, I think it'll make us think twice about, you know, I think everybody, I'm hoping that one of the silver linings of this whole phenomenon that we're living through right now is that I'm hoping that people will start to think more, start to be more mindful about how they're spending their money, where they're spending their money, what kind of endeavors they're supporting with their money, because let's face it, as we all have less money, we have to be more uh, economical and uh, get more value. But we also have to think about getting the most um, ethical bang for our buck, basically, and making yes. those dollars that we spend more impactful in the directions that we want to see um, being reinforced. So yes, uh, I, I, I would say, this is the perfect moment for us to realize mm -hmm. uh, the processes of things. Of course, uh, even when we talk about uh, thrift shopping and everything, I think the right mm -hmm. mindset is not that you're going to get something cheap or you're exactly. going to save money, but the yeah. impact in the long term. And unfortunately, right. uh, the things that we are not aware of, we never give importance to. That's right. Uh, mm -hmm. And this it's behind the be, curtain. Right, but now yeah. we, in every single aspect, we're being thrown in the face what's wrong, even with this meat shortage. Yes. And yeah. you keep thinking yeah. the, 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 the cattle is fed in one place, it's killed in another, mm -hmm. then it goes all around the, the world yeah. to be processed, and then it comes back to be cut. And you, yeah. you, you just keep thinking uh, there yeah. is something that is not right. Yeah, and yeah. And that right. repos into, into clothes and into everything mm -hmm. else. And we need yes. not only to be aware of this, and this is a mm -hmm. good moment because we have the time to become exactly. aware. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we also need to change how we behave. And right. you just think, you talked about fast food and, and the slow food. If we mm -hmm. all had really paid attention to this, how much yeah. healthier as a society we would be right now? And That's, how uh, and yes. the impact of that, right? At this absolutely. Moment. So mm -hmm. with clothes yeah. too, yes. Uh, yeah. I have a few comments for you. Uh, Jack saying love thrift stores. Missy, do you ever? Uh, oh, you, uh, that we answer. Uh, Sophie, I love the end jacket. And Jack, I've been following the slow food and the slow sewing movements for a while. It is a great idea for many reasons. Now, we are going to show more jackets, and I want you now to, you to tell me how much you would sell or you, you sell one of these. Okay. So let's see which one we've got. So this is another fun piece that uh -huh. was – so the graphic, that, that, those words were actually printed on the back of a shirt. Okay. Um, it was a – it was – almost like an oversized camp shirt style. And it's, um, it's like a cotton, not like a t-shirt, but like a okay. cotton button up shirt. So I like the, the graphic. I like the, the sentiment. So I cut that out. I used fusing web to iron that onto the jacket. And then I started embellishing by stitching. I stitched around the edges. I, I glued and stitched the, the clouds. Now the clouds are made from another uh, garment, another 
sweatshirt. You can see that it's a, it's a little bit hard to see, but it's kind of a shiny. Uh -huh. It was almost like a, it reminded me of like an 80s disco roller skating jacket. Like it was real sparkly and pretty, <clears throat> but it was a, a very workable material. So I, I cut that up to make my clouds and I have a lot of it left so I can still do something fun with that. Uh -huh. But this jacket, um, this is actually just still a work in progress. I took some pictures of it yesterday um, just for the show, but I have some stitching still to do around the edges of the clouds. Um, you may have a picture of the front of that as well. I went onto the front of that jacket and did uh -huh. some, some, uh, some extra, I kind of went over an extra, <laughs> there we go. So again, some more of the clouds. Uh -huh. um, I kind of created some little um, little tracks, if you will, or lines of curly Q stitches that look like that's the path that those uh -huh. flying hearts nice. took, which I kind of a fun um, element that I kind of tend Very to cool. work into some of my pieces. So anyway, back to uh, the pricing. That one, like I said, is a work in progress. It's not quite done yet, but for the portrait jackets, um, they're they're quite expensive the ones that i make with the portrait and the embellishment um they're on my website for twenty five hundred dollars uh -huh. um, but the reality is when i think about um how many hours i'm putting into each of these jackets if i did the math i'd probably be pretty disappointed <laughs> with my <laughs> hourly rate <laughs> yeah, yeah, I because i i like artists tend to do i start to work on these and I just work and work and work and I just let the piece take me, you know, I let the muse take me to in whatever direction she may take me. And I don't, I'm not real, um, or, well, I'm not real religious about keeping track of my hours and the time uh -huh. that I spend on each piece. I just work on it till I feel like it's done. And, yeah. um, and like I said, then if I really did the math and figured out how much I was making per hour, I'd probably be like, oh, I could be working at, you know, Home Depot and make more, <laughs> but that, but that wouldn't make me happy. So, you know, well, um, but you, you, you said, okay, that portrait is about 2,500. And I bet a lot mm -hmm. of people went, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but you mentioned more than once that you got commission. So, so they do. Sell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I right. do, um, the commissions are fun. Um, the pieces that, you know, obviously the, the problem with making jackets, um, the, the way that I'm making them is that someone may see the image that I've created and fall in love with it, but the jacket may not be the right size for them. Right. Oh yeah. So uh -huh. now granted, you could say that's true about art that you hang on your wall, because if someone's shopping for an original piece of art for their wall and they find a painting that they love, that it may or may not be the right size for the space that they're trying to fill, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, of course, with with uh, fine art that you hang on your wall, you can also make prints and whatnot of different sizes to adjust right. for those for those needs. Um, but again, with the jackets, if somebody sees an image that they fall in love with, but the jacket's not their right size, then we can always work on a commission that you know replicates that uh look and feel that they're that they're wanting and a lot of times people this is really cool too a lot of times people will um will bring me a jacket that has sentimental value for them for some reason maybe it's you know the, the jacket that they wore to their first concert that meant a lot to them or mm -hmm. it's a it's a jacket um, that came from their their deceased mother's closet or something something really special like that and it's I'm really honored when that's because they're entrusting that piece to me to reimagine and to turn it into something that can truly become an heirloom quality um, treasure and yes. you know the commission aspect of this is a, is a big part of it um, I do sell you know the jackets you sell um, just the ones that I create kind of um, and make uh, for people to choose quote unquote off the rack but um, the commission aspect is a big a big component thing for you uh-huh yeah mm -hmm. uh, Sophie is asking uh, how long does a jacket takes to make how much do you uh, how much do you sell them for you just answer mm -hmm. so how long yeah. does it take for you to create one 
you know, it, it, like I said, it takes me so many hours and sometimes, um, you know, I suppose like all crafters, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll get a good number of hours in on a, on a project in a row. I could sit down for six hours straight and work on one of these. Um, and then maybe the next day I only have, you know, 45 minutes to, to steal away to, to work on them. But, um, usually I have at least two or three jackets, uh, going at one time. Mm -hmm. And again, the ones that I quickly sent you snapshots of yesterday, those are all actually works in progress that I just kind of grabbed from my studio that are in varying states of, of, um, being finished. Um, but I tend to work that way. I don't tend to work on one and just go until, you know, work on only that one until it's finished. Um, and that just, that system just works for me. Um, in terms of how long, I mean, it's weeks. I mean, you know, literally weeks and weeks of, um, not necessarily eight hours a day, full time, all the time on that jacket, but the process, sometimes I'll walk away from it because maybe I'm stuck on what comes next, or I don't have the right, uh, embellishment yet. And it mm -hmm. may take me a while to find that right piece. Sometimes I build a piece around an, an element that I've found. Um, but then, you know, as I, as I move forward, I have to kind of wait until the next right piece comes along. Um, and it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen the film, it's a documentary film called, um, uh, advanced style. Mm. And it's a beautiful little film about older women who are very, um, involved in and committed to fashion, but not, not so much fashion, but just style. They just have incredible yes. style. The ladies and from New have, York, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've spent their life accumulating these closets full of just amazing pieces. And so they, um, one of them in that film said that, you know, it could take her years to put an outfit together because she has the, the right shoes and she has the right bracelets and she has the right blouse, but she hasn't found the right hat yet. And when she finds the right hat, then it all comes together. Okay. So that's kind of how these go. You know, some of them I'll start, they'll sit on the rack for a little while and I'll kind of forget about it. And then something else comes into my life. I think that is going with that yeah. and that's going to finish that. So yeah, it's a process. It's not a factory. It's yeah, not a factory. True, true. It's a process. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be like them when I grow up because yes, I do too. I <laughs> not only, not only I like the fact that they are bold, but right? the fact that they are redefining what age is. And I think Absolutely. that's a big thing. Yes. Right? But and what they're... you said about the time, I think it's difficult for any artist, right? We are, we are not mm -hmm. a production uh, mm -hmm. line. So, and we usually work with several projects at the same time. So right. that, that is mm -hmm. a very tough question to answer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. It's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of the hardest questions to yeah, answer. Yeah, it is. Is it how is. long did that take you? I don't know. Years. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, right. Let's take a, a look at some of more of your okay. work, and then I have a few more questions for you. Okay. Okay. So that one is clearly a little more fun, whimsical, um, maybe a little more youthful. Um, that is an applique, uh, the rainbow is an applique. And then I hand stitched the edges, um, and hand painted the clouds. Um, that piece, one of the main starting elements that I kind of built that around is the kitty. And I don't know if you, know, you might have a close up of the kitty. Okay. It's actually, um, it was something that's a little better. Yeah. It was something that I, salvaged actually when we were in london i did a lot of thrift store shopping and one of the items that i found was a little coin purse clearly from japan uh -huh. that had that kitty holding his little fish uh -huh. and i realized as i inspected it i was like you know what i can just clip this right off of this coin purse and i can do whatever i want with it so i did and then i glued it onto the jacket um, i reinforced it with some stitching the wings of the little wings I put on him were from uh, yet another garment. Um, I hand painted the, the little thought bubble and that one's actually um, not quite done. It's almost done, but um, yeah. And then I put the, I put the beads on and if you show the front, you can see how the, 
that line, there you go, that line from the back extends all the way into the front. And mm. I like um, tying the designs together that way where some aspect of the design on the back carries forward onto the front so when that it doesn't look like it's just plastered on the back, you know. Your, your front, uh, how often do you work the front as well? Um, I would say maybe, let's say 75% of the time. Sometimes okay. I'll leave the front completely um, as is. And that can be fun too, because when you're wearing a jacket like that, you know, nobody thinks twice when they see you from, from the front, but then you turn around and it's this big surprise, Whoa, that is a yeah. big reveal, right? <laughs> um, but sometimes it's fun to, to bring, like I did with that one, bring a little tease onto the front to make people wonder, well, wait, what's going right. on on the yeah. back? Where did that come from? <laughs> nice. So, yeah. It's now, fun. tell me about the Carmen Miranda you have behind you. We have to okay. acknowledge so, the other Brazilian girl yes, in the room. Yes, of course. I know, right? <laughs> yes. She, you, uh, she's really repping you guys here. So this is not, um, let's see how well you can see that. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a super likeness. Like I said, likenesses are hard. Um, but it's a tribute, let's say that, right? Um, but this one was a lot of fun. Obviously, I got really crazy with all these embellishments. This was um, fabric from kind of a swimsuit cover-up thing that I had picked up, and I liked the, the nature of the fabric. Um, if I hold it up here, maybe you can see this uh -huh. create some movement when, nice. when the wearer moves it. This was upholstery trim, um, and... This jacket, actually, when I bought it, I thought it was a, a great um, starting point because it already had these cherries embroidered on it. And that's what inspired me to put Carmen on it because I thought, cherries? Well, who goes with cherries? Who else with Carmen? So, so the cherries were already embroidered on there. Now, I did go in and do some hand painting on them to kind of freshen them up. And... Um, so, and then her jewelry is created with actually trim. Uh, it's not jewelry. That's actually created with some um, fabric trim. And then the cherries on this one ex extend onto the, the front. Um, yeah. Before, right? The, the yeah, dress. that was there before. I went in and I painted the, the leaves to kind of brighten them up. And I hand painted a little bit of the highlights. But yeah, this jacket, when I saw it at... Um, the thrift store, I thought, oh, wow, I can do something with that. And so that's I like what it, I decided how, how, to do with it. How fun it so is. I, I yeah, love it's how so fun, fun it is. Yeah. And the movement is fun. I love creating like this one. Hopefully y'all can see when, you know, when the wearer moves, her dress <laughs> just comes alive, you know. You just that, go chicka boom 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 chicka boom exactly. boom. Exactly. <laughs> you wear that jacket and you can't help but do yeah, but, yes. dance. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. guest 7409, this is such a pedestrian question. I love the embellishments, but what about washing? No, we don't no wash washing. them. <laughs> you wash I them know. when it's... you get from the thrift shop, right? Yes, and that's that's it. Yes. right. Well, okay. So what we do is what I do is I buy them from the thrift shop. I bring them home. I launder them completely. I launder them very thoroughly in hot water, um, sanitized mode. I put them through the dryer, and then if they need it, I'll iron them. And then I start doing all my imaginative stuff to them. <laughs> now, in the class, we will talk about um, the fact that if you want to just paint your jacket, there is a way to make that washable. Okay. However, I, uh, go, I go the extra mile, and I add all this other stuff, so once I've added all these other embellishments, forget about it. We're not putting this in the wash, right? Okay. So it just becomes spot clean only. And again, this is, this is, it's an expensive piece. I mean, the people who buy these jackets, like I said, they're not, they're not necessarily everyday pieces. Yes. You have to think about these pieces as pieces of art and hopefully they will be treated as such. Now, that being said, when we wear them, we're going to have a glass of wine. We're going to drink the <laughs> coffee and maybe we're going to spill on them. But, you know, it's going to be spot clean only. And I have a page actually on my website devoted to helping people, um, people customers who have purchased them mm -hmm. and then they have a disaster, right? I've, I've tried to um, 
provide some information and a resource if they need to reach out and, and figure out, oh my gosh, I spilled on my jacket. I got, you know, got my kid got gum on my jacket. What do I do? So, you know, that they can send it back to me and it'll go to the jacket hospital and we'll figure it out. But, um, to do. And, and let yeah. us know which is your website. So my website is susanmepperly.com. And I have a portfolio there. I have a boutique set up where people can purchase and links to the classes that I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, that is my website. I also have a Facebook page, which is Susan M. Epperly Artist. Um, and I have an Instagram that's also Susan M. Epperly Artist. So awesome. you can catch up with me there. <laughs> Julie is asking, do you line the inside of the jackets to hide the stitches? You know, I don't, but you totally could and i've started to um i've started to think about uh whether i want to start doing that there's a part of me that uh the perfectionist in me kind of wants to cover all that up and and again line the inside to conceal those mm -hmm. those stitches but there's also a part of me that thinks it's pretty cool for someone to open that jacket up and look at the back and see all those stitches so that they're reminded of how much work went into it. Right. And um, I'm very thorough about uh, after I finish a jacket, I go through and on the inside, on the back, I go through and I actually glue all my knots that I've created from my stitching with fabric glue. Because again, I don't want one of those coming unraveled and have the whole string of beads come off or something. So I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty thorough about that. But Again, I'm conflicted on whether I want to really cover up, cover that up because a lot of clients have said, you know, I love that I can see every stitch and I can see the how process, you applied right? that. Yeah, 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 it's a story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we, we do have another question about that and okay. she wants to see the inside of one of them. Can you show She us? wants to see the inside. Okay, so let's see which one would be a good, good one to show. Um, Let's see. So she has been, I still need to glue. This one hasn't been glued yet, but you can see, let's bring it over here. Can you uh -huh. see all those stitches? Yeah. Not too bad. So, it's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, I try to keep it pretty tidy. Uh -huh. um, but again, it's kind of fun to see the process. Now, like I said, normally, I would, and I'm still going to do this on this one. I'm going to go in and I'm just going to put a little blob of glue over that kind of mm -hmm. little nest of knots there, just so that those for sure don't get um, caught on anything. Very but you can cool. see down here, you know, the stitching came all the way down almost to the bottom of the mm -hmm. jacket. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the embellishment is glued on. Mm -hmm. And so you wouldn't, you know, obviously you wouldn't see that from the inside. Some of them are glued on and then later reinforced with stitching. Uh, so obviously a lot of it's painted on. So um, there would be no indication of that from the inside. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, the, how you want to treat the inside of your jacket is completely up to you. And um, again, you could, uh, you could line it. Definitely. You know, you could cover all that up with mm -hmm. some, if you wanted to make the jacket warmer, like a winter jacket, you could line it with fleece or something to make it cozier. Um, yeah, you could just do whatever you wanted. There, there is no limit, right? No, no absolutely. There are is, no rules here. No rules, yes. <laughs> no. Uh, it's clearly you have a lot of embellishments and guest 4382 wants to know, how do you organize your embellishments and remember <laughs> that you even have them? Okay, good question. So um, I have a dresser in my studio and most of the drawers are filled with supplies. And then I tend to um, package uh, elements together in plastic bags as I see them coming together and then I'll label them. So for example, um, you know, I have a bag going right now for elements that I thought would really lend themselves to a Janis Joplin jacket. And I've got one going for, you know, a cowgirl jacket. And so it's, you know, I try to 
revisit those as often as possible because as we know, out of sight, out of mind. So as soon mm -hmm. as it goes into the drawer, it's really easy to Gone. forget that it's in there. Yeah. So, um, but I try really hard to keep the aspects um, stored together the way that I think I'm going to use them. Obviously, I have a lot of supplies that are just kind of, um, you know, loose, if you will, or that may go into whatever. Um, but I do try pretty hard to keep kind of sets together or kits. I make my own kits, if you will. So um, that helps me. Um, organized. Yeah, and it reminds me, you know, sometimes I'll go back into that drawer and I'll be like, oh, yeah, look at this is almost like this is almost put together. So let's let's work on that. And it takes a while too to find the right jacket and then to tie the right jacket together with the right elements. So, um, for example, that uh, Anne Boleyn jacket, you can see, so I don't know if you can tell yes, we, here. Yeah. Yes. So she, see how these sleeves, they flare out. Mm -hmm. They're like flared, which is very strange for a denim jacket, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know that I, I don't know that I'd ever seen that. So when I found this jacket, at the thrift store, I thought, oh, that's got potential, right? <laughs> and so then this, I stitched the sleeve of the dress into the, uh -huh. the flared sleeve of the jacket, which lends itself beautifully because it has that, you know, mm -hmm. frilly uh, flared look. And I attached these bows around the dress as well and the button. So, you know, sometimes it's, you know, back to the fashion ladies. It's like it takes you a while to find the right jacket and the right trim and the right beads and it may take a while for all the elements to come together but then when i feel like i've got enough um ready to go then i'll dive in uh -huh. and um, everything will just really really That's come cool. together so, mm -hmm. we have a suggestion here from mary okay. Eden, and okay. she's saying you know i think it's a good suggestion i might go after that if you're okay. concerned with body odor cleaning you oh, can spray yeah. with straight vodka as they do Ooh. in movies and theater work. The finest oh. will kill the bacteria without destroying the surface work. And no, Perfect. there is no smell. So I don't know about awesome. you, Susan, but I, I, I usually it. don't drink. <laughs> but uh -huh. after all this, you know, two months yeah, or so, right. I'm, every time I go <laughs> through a liquor store, I think, <laughs> maybe I should stop. <laughs> maybe I should stop maybe there. I should. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, I need to start a new habit. <laughs> Okay. It's, listen, if there's ever a time, now's the time. But that is a fantastic <laughs> suggestion, and I'm going to work that into. Um, I may even put that on my website to help. Yeah, that's folks very, looking very how cool. To, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. One right. last, uh, one last question for um, our viewers, and then one last question from me okay. or two. Okay. Uh, Sophie, what kind of paint do you use? So I use acrylic paint, and um, in the upcoming class, we're going to talk a lot about that and how to make it. Um, how to make it easy to apply nice. to the jacket and then how to make it durable. So awesome. I use uh, acrylic paint and I use um, fabric medium. Okay. And um, yeah. Marty is asking, I have, I, I have sold, I sold dyed shirts. I had customer dissatisfaction with my size choices. Have you come oh, okay. across this issue? Well, um, not really. The jacket is unique. I'm not trying to stick with a um, a size chart, so to speak. So each of these pieces is so one of a kind that, and I'm do I'm dealing with different brands that have different measurements. So a small in one brand means is not the same as a small in another brand. So if someone's interested in one of the jackets that are already made. Um, we'll communicate about the measurements, you know, the shoulder to shoulder measurements, the length, the length of the sleeves, um, and make sure that it's going to fit them. So okay. awesome. So in a little bit, you're going to hit a fork in the road, right? The market will reopen. Right. And then you will have your, your business back. That's what right. are your plans for the near future then? Well, you know, the thing is that we... We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, nobody, none of us do, right? It's just very uncertain. So um, we, 
can you still hear me? I was yes. kind of yeah, it went off for a while. But... Um, so we we're not sure when we're going to be able to reopen. Nobody mm-hmm. does. Um, we're not sure what business is going to look like when we are able to reopen. So I think that you know when we're able to go back to seeing clients, we will start combining um, that with this endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the viewer who commented earlier about kind of going into semi retirement. You know, we're not in a position where we can do that, but I think we will start to kind of bleed the two businesses together and um, try to, you know, continue working with clients, but also do this. So do this. Yes. I mean, your voice, your, your sound is off again. And why you fix that? I'll ask my, my next question. How uh, during this time, how have you been marketing these pieces? So you cannot go out, you cannot go to shows, you cannot go to galleries at the moment. So, so during this time, how have you been marketing your pieces? No, you're still out of sound. Let's check that. There. And that's the fun about technology, right? <laughs> Always something happens. Always something happens. Well, but while she tries to fix that, and if she she's able to, uh, she'll answer my question. We have a course with Susan coming up very soon. It's one of the courses with our new format. So it's, it's actually a quite interesting uh, format because she's recording right now uh, all the classes. And on the days, which will be, if I'm not wrong, uh, May 11th, 12th, and 13th, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for sure, second week of May. Uh, she's going to be live with me as well. So you will watch the each recorded class, but you will have the same chance you always have to ask your questions and you know interact with Susan as much as you want. Because there is even more than the fact that she's going to guide you from beginning to end how to create these jackets she is also going to introduce you to this new movement on how to be more aware of how much you buy and when you buy and how you can really turn pieces of used clothing that you may find into pieces of art. You know, I, I can see when I think about the jackets, I would love to, to make one. For example, whenever the next gallery show comes up and there is an opening and I am allowed to be there, I want to go with that jacket, right? Because that creates a huge statement about who you are as an artist. So you're going to see that size with Susan as well. Are you back, Susan? Nope, not back. You're still, still without sound. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. That's that knowledge. So all you need to do, you can watch the whole course for free while we are live. So go to CuriousMondo.com, Curious as in Curious George, Mondo, M-O-N-D-O.com, and go to upcoming classes, sign up for her course so you get the reminders when we are live, because really that's your only chance to watch it for free. But you watch the whole thing for free, nothing is hidden from you. And, you know, who knows, not only that might take you to another path uh, as a, an artist, but it might take you in another path and how you behave and you see the world. As we talked at the beginning, uh, we all have been through major changes in the last few weeks, right? And I think we, some of the time we have to use thinking about what do I want it to be different? I cannot go back to what it was because that normal is not going to come back. There is a new normal, and in the near future, I will learn how to adapt to this, this new normal. But what me as a person and as a, an artist, I want to, okay? So thank you very much for being here. <laughs> That's okay. That, that happens. I mean, from all the problems we had with technology, <laughs> this is a minor one. Right at the end, that's all good. But don't forget, she'll be here with us. Uh, and of course, she already told you how to, to get to know her work on social media. I know my, my question to her was about marketing, but I do know she's using social media to promote the jackets. And I, I have seen the reaction that people have with those jackets. And that's the beautiful thing. Because I bet when she was in that transition moment, uh, should I do this or should I do that? After all, we all have bills to to pay, there was a lot of fear because it's, it's part of making a big change. But when you put something out there and you see that people react to that, then they get in, inspired by that. And they start asking you questions. How you do this? How you do that? Sometimes, you know, some artists get annoyed. I think that's a gorgeous sign because it tells 
that they are interested in the process, they are interested in what you do, and that creates visibility as an artist. So uh, really, thank you, Susan, for, for your boldness, for changing your path in this, in this time. I think it took some, some courage there. I'm really glad I met you. And don't forget, second week of May, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday here with us live and free. Susan will show you how she makes these beautiful jackets. Again, this podcast stays where it is, so you can revisit this as many times as you want. And even better, share this with other people so they can get inspired as well. And I'll see you back in the next Creativity in Focus. Thank you so much for the privilege of your time.